Back in the winter, we had big plans to be planted by now with our heat-loving veg. It's a really good thing we didn't make that. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, subsistence farmers using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make all misstatements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of March 28, 2013. You are so right, Lee. We are so glad we did not do what you suggested, which is let's plant everything early, because last year... I don't know the exact temperature, but it got warm really fast. We could probably check on that, and if anyone's interested, just the same date last year. How warm was it? Um, We did not. We had long since had our last freeze. I think our last frost in 2012 was either late February or very early March. The past three nights, we've had freezing temperatures below 32. In fact, one night it was down to 28 out on Veg Hill. And um, if we had had tender, heat-loving vegetables planted out there, they would be gone. Yep. So, and, and as a matter of fact, we thought we'd spend most of this podcast talking about what we have had to do to scramble and deal with some of the plants that already were out there, especially the fruit trees. Yeah, and this really did catch us by surprise. We sort of thought we we had this behind us, but um, we had a pretty nasty freeze on Tuesday night. That was really the the killer event. Yeah, and we say killer. It didn't really kill anything that we can tell, except that it destroyed some foliage that we saw. Exactly, yeah. I I think we've come out okay. Um, Let's sort of tick it off one at a time. First, we knew this was coming, so we went ahead and unwrapped our new frost blanket that new. had been <laughs> unused anyway. I don't know how new right. it is, it, but we it, had we've owned it for a couple of years now. Yeah. And um, we I pulled it down and unwrapped it and deployed it on the bed that had strawberries planted and they are just as happy as they can be in under fact, that we, frost blanket. That's right. And we left it on during the day. We were a little apprehensive at first about whether it would get too warm under there, but you've been monitoring it and they've been fine. They've been looking just as happy as they can be. This is Agrabond AG50. We have an AG15 that we use for insect barrier, but this is a much heavier version of the same material that is designed as frost blanket, and it is billed as giving you protection down to 24 degrees. And luckily we didn't get quite that low. And it's ironic that we bought it a few years ago, and I think we even talked about that in one of the podcasts, uh, when we thought that the temperature was going to drop, and um, but we bought it, we got some sort of discount on it by waiting to take delivery of it until after January. And ironically, that year, I believe that was two years ago, the only really severe frost we had came in December before we even got it. So it says something, doesn't it, that here it is two years later, this is the first time we've needed to use it. Yeah. And we really did. We were glad to have it for the strawberries because I think the strawberries would have been damaged. They were already blooming. They were blooming. That's right. And I think we might have gotten some damage on them were it not for the frost blanket. Uh, The way we deployed it is just to lay it gently over the entire bed 
and anchor the edges with rebar. Uh, so there's lots of air underneath the frost blanket. It's not like it's, you know, tight military-style yes, sheet yes. or something like that. And, and that allows air to circulate. And as a matter of fact, one thing we do know about if there's a freeze, that if you've got good air circulation, that actually helps that plant withstand the freezing temperature. That's right. And this uh, product, the AG50, has 50% light penetration as well. So even though the strawberries are under frost blanket during the day, they're actually getting a little bit of light. Yeah. So, so you know, and, and so that's the strawberries. Now, the some of the trees we were the most worried about were the kiwi fruit. They were, but the kiwi need to be protected against anything below 32 degrees. And we, of course, knew that this was going to be such an event. So they are wrapped in AG50 as well. And I sort of peeped in there today enough to see that even inside the wrap, they got some foliar damage. Yeah. Uh, but I'm still optimistic that the trees themselves are fine. I think it was just the leaves that were exposed and got a little bit burned. But I think we'll be okay on the kiwi. And the other crops on Veg Hill seem fine. Of right. course, they're all fall veg. They're yeah. designed to handle uh, below freezing well, temperatures. It, so. With a couple of exceptions, we I planted some early spring peas. But again, the idea... They're that's designed not, to... Uh, oh, yeah, but that's not fall veg. You said it's all fall veg. Good point. That's an early spring veg, and it's happy too. And um, hopefully the lettuce is okay. Uh, um, I checked the lettuce. They're fine. Good, good. Um, and, of course, the cover crop's fine. The... Uh, collards just as happy as they can be in fact the collards you you've sort of been watching the development on them in terms of bolting yes in fact one thing that we've bought ourselves a little bit of time i think with this colder weather that's hit because last week the collards were bolting rather badly and i actually went in and snipped the little top seeding part seed head off i don't know if that did a bit of good no i'm not gonna let you form a I'm seed not, head. that's right and um a couple of friends of ours came over sunday we fixed them up with some collards and said okay these aren't gonna last much longer you might you know take some of these and um i kept thinking i had plant big plans for collard stew or something thinking oh these are going to come out this week well with this setback and actually not a setback for me i'm glad to have a little bit more time with my collards absolutely um, we're enjoying them but it's given us some time the forecast is for things to warm up dramatically in the next few days so we'll probably go ahead and pull those collards pretty soon along with the broccoli and uh the kale, we have a little bit more time, but they, even one of the kale plants was beginning to bolt. Yeah. And the cabbages aren't looking that great. So I think um, pretty soon, maybe even in the next week, many of those plants will come out to make room for what I hope is will be the uh, surviving, <laughs> the, the survivable spring veg. Uh, not tomatoes, not peppers, not eggplant, not those nightshades, but some of the plants, some of the the vegetables that really can be planted in March. It's just that normally I would have planted them, as we talked about, earlier in March, Yeah. possibly some of them in February, and I'm not going to do that now. Yeah. Um, I'll be, be doing really well to have a good Friday garden going in. Okay. And we do plan to have a good Friday garden. We are, we're hoping to go ahead and get some things in the ground late this week, early next week. Um, so we should be right on schedule with those. That's right. Well, let's sort of tick through the orchard if we can. Um, first, 
first thing I wanted to check on is the olives. I was real curious how the olives were handling a 28-degree event. They seemed to be just fine. They only had leaves, and the leaves have weathered the, the frost or the freeze well. Yeah, I'm with you. That's the, that is the plant I think I would have been the most worried about just because they're from a Mediterranean climate. Exactly. But they, they seem to be okay so far. Uh, the blackberries have weathered it just fine. They really did not have that much foliage. They're sort of slow coming on anyway. The persimmons are in good shape, not because they're so sturdy, but because they're slow in budding. What, what I've got are just tight little buds, and they seem to have come through that. Oh, that's good news. Spine. Yeah. We did get some damage on the blueberries. That's the saddest of all. I love and blueberries. The blueberries, we're already uh, taking it on the chin with the blueberries because of my damage that I inflicted on them in the fire. So we really didn't have a whole lot to give, but um, we've got a little damage. What's happened is the buds that were farthest from the trunk, the farthest from the main uh, branch were the ones that seem to be vulnerable to damage, mm-hmm. and those that are closer in seem to be okay. So we got still plenty of fruit. It's just um, we clearly have had some buds, some blooms damaged. Um, yeah, that's too I bad. I guess the the interesting thing to me was the degree of damage we got on the figs, and I got a couple of nice photos that we'll put on the show notes page, but. One of the LSU blacks that had already begun to leaf out fairly aggressively. I remember that. It was so pretty. And it got scorched. I mean, it, yeah. it really, the, the, that early foliage has uh, withered already. So, Do you um, think that we should have covered those in frost blanket, those figs? Nah. It's not enough damage to worry about. They didn't have enough foliage out. Because they were older trees, right? The, well, I mean, we don't have a, any older trees. Well, but. no, when I'm saying older, I know the first year with figs, you're supposed to put a lot of mulch up around them to keep them. Well, that's that's really not for a 28-degree event. That's for a 16-degree mm-hmm. event. Okay. I think we're okay with the figs. Yeah. Yes, we've gotten some foliar damage, but plants are fine and they are they still have a lot of budding to do did you notice anything about the ones that, that we had started those lemon figs that yeah. we had started are they okay yeah the two lemon figs are fine you know we we planted about five and i think three of them did not make it but two of them did and so they're okay and the two that did have nice tight buds still and they're fine that's good news um, the peaches and the plums seem to have come through well again because their buds are so tight. Uh, they're, the peaches, I'm encouraged. I think we may actually have some peaches oh, this year. I would year. love that. I know. We ha- got, it's been two years since we've had any peaches, been. so that'll be great. The muscadines, we didn't have any budding at all, so we have no damage. And I, I'm really... I guess it shows the strength of muscadines to go through an event like this. Yes, they have very low chilling requirements. They're like, you know, 250 hours or 300 mm-hmm. hours or something like that. So you, you meet the chilling requirement every year, never fail with muscadines. But in addition to the low chilling requirement, they have this really high heat accumulation requirement. So after they meet their chilling requirement, then they'll sit there dormant 
while everything else is budding and leaping and leafing out <laughs> and blossoming and so forth, the muscadines are still dormant. So they don't really have, you know, they don't put out any buds until there is no risk of a frost. So, the, you know, the muscadines are going to be fine. I, I did check on those two loquats that Linda Griebel was kind enough to give us and that we planted down at the end of row nine, and they seem to be just fine. Yes, Even though they're sort of a semi-tropical plant, too, I think. But they seem okay. Well, yeah. and, and actually, um, Linda also was the donor of those lemon figs yeah. that have done so yeah. well. So Thank we'll, you, Linda. <laughs> yeah. So we, we, we will certainly welcome her to the orchard to see um, what a wonderful contribution she has made. Now, what about the apple trees? You know, the apples really haven't bud much at all. And I just assumed, okay, I have all these immature apples. That's why they haven't bud any. But our, but my brother, Dave Gray, is having the same experience with his apples. He says his apples are really slow in budding as well. And he has much more mature apples than we do. And that's turned out to be a good thing with this this freeze coming in. You bet. So. Yeah, it's been fine. that The apples, because they have been so slow to bud, seem to be in good shape. They're going to come through this okay. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to have fruit. You know, that we may not get anything at all from the apples, but it won't be because of damage in We've the We've got freeze. a few more chilling hours thrown in there that we didn't expect, though, didn't we? Yeah, we did. So. We got some more chilling hours, but um, I, I guess, you know, with the apples, you just really never know. We, we did get a few apples last year, so I'm hopeful we'll get some That's this year. That's right. Those Anna apples, they were pretty good. Yeah, I they really so. were. Um, and those are uh, some of our older trees, our more mature trees that we hope we'll Now, I've saved the best news for last. Okay. And the best news is the pears. I was very concerned about the pears because we had open blossoms just, you know, th those petals were fragile looking. They were open to the world. The bees were out and, you know, the those flowers were wide open. And I just figured, okay, they're going to get cloppered. I cannot explain it, but those wide open flowers have come through 28 degrees just fine. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't get it. I, I, one of these days, maybe somebody will explain to me how they came through it, but they and it's p always possible that they are more damaged than they appear. That, you know, that right. I've gotten more damage than I can tell at this point and that it will become apparent not right away, but over the next week or so. But I don't think so. I think when I, when I look at those blossoms, and I took a nice picture of one of the, um, this was a Shinko pear. And the reason I took the picture of the Shinko is, it's the weirdest thing. The blossoms are beautiful on it, and I think you'll be able to see that in the photo. But right in the middle of all of those blossoms is a dead bee. As if he came along to soak up some nectar and then he died in the freeze, maybe? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know whether he died in the freeze. Oh. I mean, I, I wasn't out there looking the day before the freeze, so it could be that the bee died two nights ago or something. We need to perform a bee autopsy so exactly. we can determine we'll, yeah, the cause we'll, of death. But, uh, but well, yeah, that is kind of bizarre. It is bizarre. But the good news about the pears is they seem to have come through with flying colors even though they were in full blossom. So um, 
if if that con- trend continues, I will soon be singing the praises of our pairs. One thing that, and I've sort of uh, alluded to this earlier, but the fact that we have um, a south-facing slope that's up fairly high on the property is supposed to be an advantage for us. Absolutely. You do not want to put the, because of the air circulation. That's right. The 50-cent term people throw around is air drainage. Mm -hmm. We have excellent air drainage, meaning that there is a place our cold air can go and it doesn't get trapped. And it goes way down the hill, all the way down to the creek. (laughs) It heads on down the hill, and therefore the orchard does not tend to trap cold air. And frankly, neither does Veg Hill. Veg Hill has pretty decent air drainage as well. It's not quite as um, steep a slope, thank goodness, but it is south-facing, and it is headed down, you know, the the air drainage you can in fact we know when we walk around the property we can tell a difference yeah. when if on a yeah, when you cool go day, up it's cold and when you go back, when you go up it's warm and when you go down it's cold yeah so yeah, we can so tell we that. can attest to that but we're hoping that we we bounce back from this okay or, or that we continue um the uh, of those plants that did fine we hope they continue to um show good health and show productivity. We will know probably by the next time we have a podcast how well the pears actually did. That's true. And um, I guess this also proves to us that that old adage that here in central Alabama, we don't get a spring. We have winter and then summer and then fall. I fear that is going to be the case this year. I, I think we're going to very quickly see some really warm temperatures. I don't think we'll get much of a spring. I guess maybe we've had a spring. Well, the past few weeks, we've talked about this before too, this has been one of the coldest and windiest marches I can can remember in recent history. Just, I mean, from the day it marched in like a lion, you know, it was, it's been very windy it's and we've had some... Almost unstopping. You know, we, we haven't had many calm days at all. So, um, in a way, I am looking forward to a calm spring, but I would like a few more days of coolness. Wouldn't we, though? We'll, we'll see. Well, thank you for being with us this week. We hope you can stay warm and then stay cool because, like you said, it's going to switch. But uh, we look forward to catching up with you again next week. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama, 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log and check in with Lee and Amanda. That's longleafbreeze.com.